Hello, my name is Kimberly Martin, and you're listening to Kimberly Martin's Real People of Orange County, a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Opinions expressed on this show are totally mine and do not reflect the opinions of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about Kimberly Martin's Real People of Orange County and other shows, please go to KUCI.org. Hello, we're back again. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for Kimberly Martin's Real People of Orange County. I have with me (laughs) Heather. She's always telling me what to do, and I love it. (laughs) I do that all day long, and it's nice to be told what to do and where to go. Yeah. Heather's my engineer. Yeah, I am. Extraordinaire. Thank you. So I'm glad glad you're so reliable. Oh, um, it's a trait that I picked up late in life. Oh, you didn't have it early on? I didn't have it early on, and then, like, radio straightened me out. Really? Yeah. You know, radio just might straighten me out, too. Oh, that's good. I actually leave maybe two or three hours early for this gig, and I Uh don't do that for anything or anybody, not even school. So, yeah, much to the chagrin of the truancy officers at my kids' schools. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, I'm just happy to be here today. Um, We have a beautiful family in front of us. We have the Getz family, mother and daughter. And I just, I feel so blessed to be on this, to be doing this show. I'm meeting so many wonderful people. But more importantly, I'm being inspired every day by the lives that they're leading in Orange County and what they're doing to contribute to our community. So I, I'm just really thankful for the opportunity that I've had here at KUCI. And it's probably a good time to say, you know, gee, they've done so many wonderful things for so many wonderful people. Maybe think about opening up your checkbook and writing a check for KUCI to keep the love flowing. That would be pretty awesome, actually. So, um, yeah, you can call us. We've got operators available. It's 949-824-5824 to make a pledge. And uh, $35 gets you a premium of some sort. And we have T-shirts available, concert tickets, uh, CD. We have uh, vinyls available as well. So, and gift cards. So, all sorts of things to make you feel the love right back immediately. So, um, but anyway, I brought Charlene and Ashley Getz into the into the studio today because they are um, well. First of all, Charlene is the mother of this beautiful family of five. We will work to get a picture of them up on the website, but <laughs> I'm technically challenged, so those things are harder than than they should be for for uh, somebody of my generation. But um, nonetheless, they uh, Charlene and her husband have raised five beautiful children, and what's exceptional about this family, uh, other than that they're wonderful and sweet and kind, is that they are raising two children with cystic fibrosis. Actually, you've raised them. Your children are adults now. They are. And um, you've been been really successful at uh, keeping them healthy and strong. But more importantly, today we're here to bring some awareness to this disease that affects so many fellow community members. And some of the things that are impacting you and the health care that is available to you in this community as well. So we want to talk about cystic fibrosis today. It's something I heard about. I remember hearing about it as a child, but nothing really impacts you like a first-hand story where you get to meet people face-to-face and learn about how they live their lives a little differently than the rest of us. Well, thank you for having both of us. I really appreciate it. Um, We find it's a privilege to be able to talk about our experiences with cystic fibrosis and um, you, you, you made a great point, 
in the fact that um, not too many people know this this disease. It's a called an orphan disease. It's a small, um, I guess you would call it, it affects a small population of people. So uh, it doesn't get the publicity that other diseases would. That some of the other bigger, the ones that make a bigger dent in the population. Mm -hmm. So an orphan disease, that's an interesting term. But but what that probably means is that you're left out a lot of the funding that is required to help. Exactly. And um, boy, that's that has to be pretty painful if you have two children when they're little and you find out this to feel that you are not just um, dealing with this in your family, but you're also dealing with it alone as a society member. Yeah, and if you take a look at Ashley and, and our son too, um, you wouldn't look at them and think, "Wow, they they're suffering right now. They have this, you know, really devastating illness that they're dealing with." Because from the outside. They look pretty normal, you know. They're beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Ashley, say hello to everybody out there in KUCI land. (laughs) Ashley is 23 and beautiful and gorgeous and just told me she might want to be a DJ someday. So you 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 never know. You might might hear her (laughs) twisting the vinyl at some point at KUCI. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm encouraging her. Um, But talk to me a little bit, Charlene, about the early days. Well, my husband and I always wanted a big family, and um, we already had two sons, uh, Peter and Bobby. And um, when I was pregnant with Ashley, everything was going along just great, and I gave birth to this beautiful girl. And um, early on, I noticed things weren't quite normal with her. She wasn't gaining weight, and she was getting um, a lot of respiratory infections, and Actually, something that was really strange to me, and the doctor never picked it up, was there was a lot of crystallized salt on her little head. And I thought, well, that's just not normal. And finally, I I was able to find a great uh, asthma allergy specialist in Chalk in Orange. And he uh, he said, let's just run a sweat test on on Ashley just to make sure she doesn't have a genetic illness called cystic fibrosis. How old was she at the time? She was a year old. Oh, wow. Yeah. So after we did the sweat chloride test, that's when we found out that she had cystic fibrosis. And I was six months pregnant with our fourth child at the time. So oh my. he was diagnosed in utero. Oh, he was? Yes, he oh was. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I can't even imagine it what was, that must it have was been like. pretty devastating in a week's time to find out that both kids had this illness. But we rallied and said, you know, we're going to do whatever we can possibly do to keep their bodies as healthy as possible. And that's the approach we took from the onset, my husband and I. Wow. Okay. So tell everybody what cystic fibrosis actually is. It's a genetic illness that affects um, quite a few organs in the body. It's very complex. Um, But the major defect is a missing protein in the sodium chloride channel. And so what that does is it causes a thick, sticky mucus to um, the pancreas and reproductive organs and um, the sinuses, but mainly the lungs is what the dangerous part of this disease is all about. Okay. And um, how, how many people in America are affected with this disease, do they think? Ashley is the, um, <coughs> the last, I guess, 30,000 count. 30,000 in the U.S. In the U.S. Uh, One of the things I found interesting was the way it affected different populations. This seems to be uh, population-specific. It affects, in the United States, one out of every 3,200 Caucasian births. 
Yes, and, that's right. And um, in England, that number is is different. It affects one in every 2,400. Right. So it's a little higher. So um, they have higher incidence there, which which maybe gets closer to understanding the origin of this genetic um, disease because in um, the African American population it it affects one in every fifteen thousand, so it's a significant difference. Yeah, I, I think they've done lots of studies on this, and it comes from a European descent, mm-hmm. you know. And both my husband and I have English and German, and I see that kind of background. So um, each parent has to carry a recessive gene, so I carry it, and my husband carries the gene, and then you have a one in twenty, well, one in five. Four chance now, one in four chance for uh, your chance of having a baby with CF. Oh, so it's twenty five percent chance with each pregnancy. So wow. So in in your case, the statistics maybe were a little higher in your family. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because two sure. in a row. Yeah. Interesting. Well, so what was it like raising these babies so close together with with a genetic illness? It was it was pretty challenging, you know, because I wanted to be as aggressive as possible, and my husband too, so um, I took it as my mission in life that I was going to keep these kids healthy, and I think it's paid off because um, they both have stayed pretty healthy up until their late teens, um, where they didn't require any hospitalizations, which is pretty rare, but I think, um, you know, you just do what you have to do. I mean, everybody has challenges in their life, and I never really, um, I didn't have the attitude that we need to feel sorry for Ashley and Corey because that wasn't going to help them at all. So we were going to treat them just like the rest of the kids in our family. And They had to do chores? They sure did. <laughs> Ashley, do you remember having to do chores and yes. be treated normally when you probably thought it shouldn't have been that way? <laughs> well, I guess when I was younger, I didn't really know any different. It wasn't something that I had developed or acquired <laughs> later on in life. So doing breathing treatments every morning is a regime that my brother and I have. Um, we have to do breathing treatments every morning and at night, and it can both take up to an hour each time. And if you're sick, you take it up to four hours a day. Oh, wow. So, and then we take, you know, a handful of pills with, to digest our food, their digestive enzymes. Yes. So doing all that really didn't feel that different. Um, because that was your normal since yeah. you were really tiny. And everybody has things that they have to do every day that might be different from other people but since it was so routine I just you don't think about it you just do it okay so you're telling me a little bit about your daily routine you wake up in the morning and you take a breathing treatment yeah I take several I take uh sometimes three or four and they all do different things to open your airways or liquefy the mucus it's so sticky and it obstructs your airways to basically just get as much up as you can I take an inhaled antibiotic as well at the end of it um, and the whole time I do it while pretty much shaking, um, on a vest, there's a vest that you have and there's like, it's different pressures and frequencies mm-hmm. and it basically shakes the junk oh, out of you. Oh, it's, it's shaking your body. Yes. It's like, um, a vest that's maybe a bit of a vibratory action. Yeah. And- there's like two, two tubes to it and you can do it at different, there's different protocols. Um, you can set the machine to it and it just shakes you and. Growing up, my friends always had a fun time making animal noises on it, like <laughs> cows and sheep and stuff. <laughs> so were sleepovers an interesting adventure for you? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really do too many outside of the house mm-hmm. just because I had everything at home and it was just more convenient. But yeah, they 
I mean, friends would come over and see you go through your morning routine. Yeah, a lot of them, I don't think they really knew. I mean, they might have known something was up, but they just thought, oh, maybe it's like asthma. But once they saw everything, like, whoa. And I think they were really surprised because I don't think they expected the severity of it. You mean the complexity of the regi- regimen that you go through every morning? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. But and every every time you eat, do you take digestive enzymes? Yeah. Meals and snacks. And there's vitamins I take because we don't absorb um, vitamins A, D, E, and K. And so we have to take those are the fat-soluble vitamins. So we have to take that throughout the day, different antacids to help the enzymes work, um, a bunch of good stuff. So you really, Charlene, had to set forth some pretty strict um, good habits for the children early on. What was that? What was that like to add that component? I mean, I can barely get my kids lunch made and dressed and out the door in time for school. How did you do that and get the kids to school on time? Well, like I said, um, we're never on time. That might be the time you whip out the old. Uh, um, I have a disability card. Leave me alone. Yeah, but you know, I think you were pretty darn on time today. Yeah, well, we're getting better now. So yes, we're getting right. older and. Wiser. Radio's doing this for all of us. See, yeah, I think so. I think this is what she should get into. Yeah. I'm, I'm convinced. You're convinced. This was <laughs> She d- was ready to go before intervention. me. Yeah. Um, I think that I am totally the luckiest woman on earth because I have a partner, my husband, who has always supported yeah. um, our efforts in, in raising all the children healthy and happy, you know. Five children. But, um, Five children. No, it's just you got to be organized, and that's how I was, you know, especially when they were little. Right. But I honestly feel um, blessed to have had all these kids, and oh. I don't care how challenging it was. It was, it was worth every minute of it. Right, right, yeah. I, I can, I can, I can see that when you see the photo and you see how beautiful your family is. Well, you know, it's a team effort. I mean, all, all of our children help out. You know, <clears throat> I'm interested in that. You know, I, I want to hear more from you, Ashley. But I'm also curious, and maybe both of you can speak to this. Uh, how it was for some of the other children. You had, you you then had another child after Ashley and her brother, which was a, a very courageous move. But you had two children before, so you had three kids that um, <clears throat> that you had to work with. Um, in addition, you know, or, or around the complexities of the lives of these two children within the family, what was that like? Well, you know, we did take a big chance um, having our fifth child, Dustin, and. Um, it was just something that we both felt in our hearts there was one more gets to be born. I, I don't know how to describe it. But, you know, my father-in-law was a physician, and there were other family members that thought we were pretty crazy to, you know, to take this, this chance because I, I don't know if we talked about this at the beginning of the show, but, you know, cystic fibrosis is a number one genetic killer of children and young adults in the United States. Oh, no, that's an interesting statistic. I didn't And know. it's a progressive disease, so it, it just gradually gets worse. It's not like a disease where... Um, <laughs> You know, like even with cancer, you know, there are great treatments available that can either put your cancer in remission or control diabetes. There's lots of great medications out there. This is something that we don't have a drug or regime yet that will correct the defect up until six months ago. So um, we've been just, you know, lucky to have antibiotics that come on board and other uh drug therapies, but we're pretty much, we're on our own, you know, to try to keep them healthy and keep the mucus from causing so much. What kind of antibiotics is that? Um, Well, right now, the kids are pretty, um, 
they're limited because they become resistant to the oral medications that kill the bacteria that, that forms in their lungs. Uh-huh. So that's why she, Ashley, and our son have been hospitalized with IV antibiotics. So, Ashley, you can talk about that more because it's affecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a struggle. I had a really rough past year, one that I haven't experienced before with my health. And so now I'm at a point where I am resistant to pretty much almost all my medications, oral and IV. And so knowing that there's these new drugs that are coming out through like the pipeline with the research and all these trials that are going on that drastically change the nature of the disease, they kind of treat the root of the problem rather than the weeds and like the symptoms. Right. So it gives me a lot of hope and a lot of I don't know, encouragement to keep pushing because I was a little worried there for a bit. Right, worried that you were running out of options when you did. Because you're a very healthy girl. You're just, you're fit. You said you were very athletic. Um, You look like you take great good care of yourself. Yeah, I think that's the thing where people don't really see. There's some, a lot of kids have a really hard time gaining weight. And they sometimes need G-tubes. They get nourishment during the night because keeping on weight is very hard with um, your pancreas and having to take the enzymes and stuff. Um, With me, it's not so much a problem. There's different variations of the disease. So my brother has more stomach issues while I usually have had more upper respiratory problems. Um, Do you have a different... You spoke earlier of different genetic mutations of this We have the We have Delta... 508, yeah. Um, it's the most common. So 70% of the population have it about, and um, they're trying to target this one more specifically because it will help so many kids. I see. So, yeah. And then about how many other mutations of this disease do you think there are? I was reading there's like over like 1,500 or something. Oh, I don't know. There's oh like my. different numbers thrown out, but yeah. yeah. And, and the drug that they just... Um, FDA approved is called Kaleidico, and it has um, been amazing and a, a wonderful um, answer to prayer for many people with this certain mutation. I believe it's a G155, and um, only 4% of the population have this mutation. However, what it does is it corrects the basic defect and uh, pretty much stops CF in its tracks. So it, it's just been a miracle. And that's what they're going for now with. Um, their mutation, the most common one. Okay, so you just said Coletico addresses G one fifty five, but that that only affects four percent of your cystic exactly. fibrosis. Mm-hmm. But that that yours, um, you the one you have falls into the category of seventy percent. It's the most common one. So um, they must have come on to something, which because obviously usually they wouldn't spend the time to serve four percent when they should be serving seventy percent. Is there anything about this drug that can help your children? You know, I've I've heard through the cystic uh, websites that um, there are some people that are taking it with the Delta F508, but it's just not as effective. So I, I don't think that's something our doctors would approve of. You know. Okay, so there's still there's the hope is that they have cracked one code, maybe maybe ergo they'll be close to cracking another one at some point. Right, and that's why it's important for us to be able to fund the research trials that will help push this a little bit faster now because, you know, time's running out for a lot of the older kids now, and uh, they need um, as much help as they can get with all these research trials for the new drugs like the Kaleidico. Tell me what you mean when you say time's running out. Well, after 
so many different lung infections that the kids get. Um, they're, what happens is the antibiotics don't work, and um, the bugs become smarter, you know, and they can get around the antibiotics. And so then there's lung infection after lung infection, which causes scarring of the lung. And once the lungs are scarred, there's nothing we can do. So um, that's kind of where we're at. And, you know, Ashley did have a really tough year. So she knows after being hospitalized six or seven times last year that um, reality kind of hit her hard, you know. Where she'd been largely protected from that for so long. Right. And and has been pretty healthy up until this point, you know. So it's very scary. Very, very scary. Um, well, I mean, that's... So, okay, one of the things that we talked about was um, how there was a center that you all went to for health care that recently closed, and I believe that was at Chalk Hospital, correct? Yeah, yeah. Their, their pediatrics is still open, but, yeah. well, like a the year adult center closed. or so ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the adult center closed, so... So once you're 18, are you no longer under the... Under the care of your pediatrician, they put you into the adult category. Yeah, I've always gone to Long Beach, but now there's been like a bigger influx of adult patients to Long Beach Memorial CF Center. And um, what was the reason for the Chalk Center closing? I think it was Mm -hmm. funding. Yeah, it could have been funding. You know, um, I don't think people, it's a good problem to have, but I don't think people expected so many CF adult patients to be living longer there's about more adult, there's soon to be more adult patients than children. So it's a good thing to have, but there needs to be funding to, to give. To support that next yeah, phase like, of the disease that nobody expected to be confronted yeah, with. Yeah, they need more, at least my clinic at Long Beach should need more staff and they need more resources because they have a great pediatric unit and they have a lot of doctors and their wing of the hospital is great, but I don't think they are probably weren't prepared for so many adult people so it'd be amazing from spending so much time in the hospital this last year i saw a lot of things and while there's amazing doctors like it'd be it'd be awesome to get more money to give them more resources because the reality is is like you can't avoid the hospital i mean i'm i was more healthier patient but like at least once a year once you turn 18 they make you go in for a tune-up and you do two weeks of IVs just to keep everything good so like you're healthier you're healthy for the year um they really take care of you for a week so regardless of being sick you're going to spend time there and you want it to be a place where you feel safe and comfortable and all the good stuff right right if you're just tuning in with us you are on Kimberly Martin's Real People of Orange County and we are at 88.9 FM in Irvine KUCI and we have with us today Charlene and Ashley Getz. We are talking about cystic fibrosis, how it's impacted one family in Orange County, but also how some of the wider implications of the success in treating this disorder are um, impacting these children as they grow into adulthood. So, um, Heather, do you think we should open up for calls? We have some resources to offer if anybody wants. Yeah, if you want to um, phone in and, and call us and have a question on the air, it's <clears throat> 949-824-5824, and uh, we'll take your phone calls. So, well, one of the things that we were talking about is the resources that you have have, have changed locally. Um, no longer is one of the bigger centers that was available to you and to the other adult population in Orange County is available. So most people are having to go into Orange County tell, or into Long Beach. Tell me a little bit about that. 
Well, besides the drive, I guess, to Long Beach um, when the kids are hospitalized, um, it's quite a schlep on the 405, you know? Right. But um, it's well worth it. We have a great team of doctors um, that we are so very thankful for. However, um, when you are hospitalized, uh, it's it, the quality of care does go down a little bit. I mean, I have to be honest about it. It's it's something that um, we don't want to just complain. We want to make a difference here, you know. And I just think it's not because they have a choice. It's just the resources are not there. So is it is it training of the staff? Is it? Um, it's like you said. It's just the resources aren't there. The funding to serve this disease. I would think a hospital would be a terrible place for a cystic fibrosis person. Well, and it's a place that, you know, if you have an operation, you go in, you spend a couple weeks, you go home. Right. This is a place where they have to go, like Ashley said, regularly. So I would love to see every patient at least have a bathroom that they can shower in. That's so that not the case. So they have to not. share a shower, all of the patients on the CF floor and or the respiratory floor. Which would which would be which would be dangerous given the fact that you're trying to protect your children from <clears throat> exposure. That's one of the things that we, we could digress a little bit and talk about. Um, when you were a child, did you have to educate? I mean, you, I don't know. Were you raised when everybody was using the magic soap where everybody was washing hands? I don't think that was really your time period. It's just only with my little kids that yeah. I noticed the schools. I remember using the hand sanitizer. when I was younger, especially because, you know, kids don't really think too much when they're coughing and touching. You guys had, like, Purell machines, like, installed in every classroom. Like, my parents are pretty... When we would go start a new year, if we switched schools or just a new teacher, we'd sit, my parents would have meetings with the parents and the teachers and just inform them of everything. If their kid was sick, not to let them go to school and just kind of fill them in on everything to avoid me getting sick because the repercussions of me getting their cold is a lot different and serious. Did you find that you met with supportive parents or did people send their kids to school sick because they had no choice in some cases? For the most part, yes. Um, but there's a lot of people that just don't get it. If you're not living it, you mm-hmm. know, um, they tend to be a little ignorant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't always expect the parents to keep their kids home. That would be kind of hard if they're working. But if you could just let the teacher know, then we can tell Ashley, can you just stay away from, you know. So-and-so, don't yeah. share, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think we should have invested <clears throat> in PRL Company because we've used it from the time they were little. I mean, so you found great. out about it and mm-hmm. put that into the classrooms and yes, made that a possibility. Yes, pumps in every classroom. And, um, and do, do they think that that helped? Oh, for sure. Oh, I good. think it's probably cut down on <laughs> at least 80% of the germs that the kids have been around. Right, right. More. Ashley, I notice you cough every now and then. Is that something that you always do? Um. Sure. I don't even think I realize it, you know, like my friends don't even think twice about it when I cough. It's just like I cough a little more nowadays since my past year. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I definitely feel it a little more in my chest during the day. Do you when she coughs? <clears throat> what does that feel like when she coughs? It's got to be a reminder. It is. And, and it's something we've lived with, you know, all these years, 20 mm-hmm. some years. So I probably don't even notice it as much. But when they're sick, I do, and I spent many sleepless nights listening to them cough and and gasp, and you know, it's it's try for error. Very difficult to watch your kids go through this and suffer, and and that's you know, unfortunately, the reality of this disease. 
Did you find growing up, Ashley, that you people treated you differently when you and your brother were going through school? You guys were pretty close in age, weren't you? Yeah. Were you a grade apart or two grades apart? Um, two? Yeah, two, two grades apart, yeah. I bet it was difficult when they were going through those years where they were at different schools. Yes. Yeah, that had to <laughs> I be. lived in my car. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I didn't... I mean, I told my close friends, but I didn't really tell many people, I guess. Um, growing up, I was super active in sports, so I don't even think they would have even known any different. And I didn't consider myself different because it never slowed me down. Um, in high school, I was pretty... I mean, I don't want it to be something that I hide from because then it's like something's wrong with me when it's not. But a lot of people in high school will use it as kind of like ammo and I saw that a lot with my brother uh-huh. um if certain girls had crushes on him guys would kind of tell the girl it was just you know it was immature and fascinating they, yeah it was they weird. were looking f- they were really insecure men looking for yeah. any advantage yeah <laughs> that's pretty low if you were one of the guys out there that did that you're pretty yeah. low <laughs> it's like I don't care in a sense but I I'm usually pretty conscious of who I tell just because some people really can't handle it. They don't know how to like deal with it and I just I don't want them to treat me any differently. Were they concerned that it was contagious? Well, that's the thing. It's like in a sense you have to keep people educated because you don't want them to say, "Oh, it's contagious," but sometimes you tell people and they'd still say those things. So it was kind of weird. I had a kind of read people pretty well from a young age and who I could tell who I thought could like handle it and not just be careless and mean. Right. Well, and it's interesting because somebody's reaction if they're young and uneducated might be that they're worried about getting something from you. But in reality, they're the dangerous one because they're the carriers of something that could really harm you that yeah. wouldn't harm anybody normally, yeah. um, but could really harm you. Mm-hmm. Did you did you find that you limited the kids' social activity when they were young because of that? I didn't limit. I think I would have. I'd have kept mine at home. Um, I didn't limit them. I hope I didn't. But um, I was careful to put boundaries on it. And um, I guess maybe we made it too nice at our house. I mean, they all Everybody wanted to be there all over. the time. And so, honestly, I fed 10 kids yesterday in their teens and 20s. That's how it's always been. My husband and I love having them over. Right. So, um no, I, I pushed them, if anything. I mean, we really did. We we told them they could do anything they wanted to do and right. uh, and made sure they were, you know, able to. And it's yeah. made a huge difference. Um, one thing, you know, there's lots of positive things that come out of really tough situations like right. this. And we do not take um, our time together for granted. We don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. And so I think it's hard when, you, you know, you hear people complaining, either friends or other, you know, even family, but not usually because our family is the best, mm-hmm. um, about things that we go, what are they thinking? Why are they even mooing about this? You right, know? right. And uh, yeah. we just like, I don't you know. Just don't, you just don't let it bother you? No. It's probably no, been a very centering go. experience. You've got to let it go. So I wonder what family life would be like if you didn't have to sweat the small stuff. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's always interesting because a lot of times... When I, I'm finishing up college in a few weeks, but, you know, I do the, the tune-ups um, during, I, I mean, I had to go to school. I go to Chapman, and um, 
I'd have an IV and a, a pick line, so it's a central line, and it goes in your forearm, and you can keep it there for pretty much as long as you want. So when you're having the tune-up, you're not in the hospital for that week. You're just receiving treatment, but yeah. you're out in the world at Yeah, large. they have these, like, Baxter bottles, like baby bottles, mm-hmm. and the medicine's in it, and it just diffuses over time. So I could, like, throw that in my sweatshirt and go to class. So I'd be, like, sitting in class, getting infused with, like, IV antibiotics, and I'd hear a girl talking about, oh, I have a headache. I'm so hungover from last night. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like, it's just ridiculous. And I'm like kind of sitting there all like a little shaky or weird from the medicine and it's definitely a different experience you see things through a completely different lens i think not that people don't have their problems because every person has something they right deal with, but they are right where they are at and they can't necessarily see it well do you think that that made you grow up faster then or do you think you were just naturally more mature i i mean i think uh i've always been in maybe a little too old for my age Mm -hmm. when I was younger Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm just like old lady but I mean like that's just me I think you you would have been that way maybe with or without yeah like my brother is like very much his age I don't want to say not (laughs) not that I, I appreciate it like he wants to have fun he loves going out being around people and I think like I still make mistakes like I still do stupid things but like I don't know I think I don't even know where I'm going anymore. Well, oh, that leads me to another question. You guys couldn't party the way your other friends could party, could you? What What would the effects of alcohol have been on you? I just don't drink. I mean, I know plenty of CF kids that drink a lot, maybe too much, but I don't like it. I don't like having something else. I'm already on enough medicines that I feel weird when it interacts with it, but I know a lot of CF people that still go out and they party, but Sometimes they do it too much and they have to learn the hard way that, you know, I can't stay out all night because the lung function will drop or they get sick. And it's an immune system disorder as well, too, right? No, it's not. It, no. it, but it no. doesn't. It, but your immune system would need to be strong to mm-hmm. yeah. ward off exactly. infections. So mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to do anything to compromise. You just have to be smart. To and it, it is frustrating. Like, I never go out. And over the summer, my mom's like, come on, just go out because I got invited out. And I went out with some people. I didn't drink or anything, but just that late night totally ran me down and the next day I'm like coughing up blood and had to be hospitalized and I'm like are you serious but mm. I don't know you so you get you is. get you get a different kind of consequence than the rest of us do when mm. we stay out too late I guess you just have to plan it out if you're going to go out you got to make you sure start you're at rested. three in the afternoon yeah or take a nap <laughs> and then go out so you're all spent by eight kind of yeah. like me <laughs> yeah I was just gonna say yeah. sounds like what my life's like right <laughs> yeah I don't if I go out to three in the morning I'm at least sleeping until six in the afternoon so yeah <laughs> six in the six isn't the afternoon yeah, anymore Heather. that's true <laughs> <laughs> you've been uh living the college life too long yeah <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, if you're just tuning in, this is Kimberly Martins, Real People of Orange County. And we are 88.9 FM here in Irvine, KUCI. You um, can listen to these shows if you want to um, at at KUCI.org, go into podcasts. Heather's done a really great job of putting them up there. So if there's any information that we're capturing here today, you can um, stream live on the web when we're uh, performing the show, or you can go back and listen to the information again if that interests you and if you find this to be a resource for you. Um, Okay, so you had a brother, a a pal, so to speak, um, a cohort in this journey of cystic fibrosis what was that helpful for you and your brother to share that common experience um i guess 
sometimes you do feel alone in it, even though my parents understand to a certain extent, but unless you're really feeling it, it's kind of hard to describe. So yeah, I guess, I mean, we honestly don't talk about it really at all. Um, I would never like wish it upon him. So I'd rather that he didn't have it, of course. And even this year, like he has different experiences with the illness. So like some of his GI stomach stuff I've never gone through so I don't know what it's like when he could be cramped over throwing up in the morning sometimes if he ate the wrong thing or he has a lot of trouble with that so I don't know and the past year I don't think he really understands some of the things I went through either and I hope he doesn't have to go through it to understand it well so is his regimen different than yours in the morning no we have the same so you both take the breathing treatments yeah and you both take the enzymes Mm mm-hmm and yet his his sim- symptom symptomatic experience is totally different than yours. Yeah. I mean, at least, like, with how traumatic the past year was on my body, like, I feel, like, completely different, like, anatomy in my lungs lately. So it's something I'm kind of more aware of every morning when I get up. I had, I had the flu, and it kind of spiraled into pneumonia, and I ended up having, like, lesions, little, like, holes on my left lung. So I'm not getting sick anymore, but... I keep, um, my lung function just keeps dropping for like, I don't know if my body's just not picking up again from how long I was sick, like all spring. Do they recommend that you guys take the flu shot? I took it. You do? I just got bad, bad luck, I guess. Hmm. Well, actually, I have to say there was a sick gal at the gym who had the flu and then decided to tell us after she had coughed everywhere. So honestly, that's the kind of stuff you have to deal with. People, people, people. It's good to share awareness because you don't know what everyone's, you know, dealing with. If we could just all be more careful because there are beautiful people out there like Ashley that don't want to put that (laughs) sign on and say, I have cystic fibrosis. Could you please mind your own germs? Yeah. And, you know, there's, I found at least through the year that there's really cool support. I mean, you kind of kind of keep your distance because you'll you'll compare other people's experiences to yourself and be like, oh my god, that can happen to me. When they're totally different stories, like with another CF patient. But there's a thing called cysticlife.org, and it's kind of like a Facebook for CF kids. Oh wow! And um, a guy named Ronnie, he started it, and he lives in Arizona, and he's married, just had a kid, and he has CF, and it's been amazing. Like such a cool community, and people from all over the world go on it. You can like. If I have a question about something, a medicine I'm going to take, or something I'm feeling, I can just throw it on there, and people will respond, like, instantly. So you feel like a cool community, and I've gotten a lot of, like, information, at least with the people on the trials, too. They'll post all the time about how amazing the drugs are for them so far. Right. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, Have you tried any of the things that they've offered, just because it sounded like it might work? Has it helped you alter your regimen in any way? Amazing. Maybe the magnesium. Was yeah, a good thing. I was having like a drug reaction recently. Um, I'm pretty sensitive to drugs, so that's kind of difficult. To one of your, to your one of your regulars that you have to take. You yeah, it's like having a new reaction. Yeah. Um. So they were kind of helping me with like how to get the it out of my system. So magnesium or different like exercises because I'm like kind of hunched, but. From coughing so much, you, your posture can be affected. You round and, out your yeah, shoulders a little you want to make sure you have really great posture to get the deep breath in and as much air as you can. So different things, mm-hmm. exercises that help, foods that are cool for inflammation, and just a bunch of good stuff. What are some of the ones that are good for inflammation? Um, turmeric. Oh, yeah. Um, garlic. Salmon. Yeah. Cinnamon. Just eating super <laughs> we have healthy. a whole list of them. That's yeah. you. That yeah. 
Okay, good. And we've fish been oil, doing it. Fish oil, fish oil, fish oil. Um, you mentioned Ronnie has a wife and a child. Is that something you think about? Um, ugh, tough question. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I know it's a little harder for women um, to get pregnant. Sometimes they do surrogates because... Yeah, well, for the men, too. You have to get a little creative and think about it. So I'm not there yet, but it's nice to see, at least online, like women that have had their own children. Um, you have to be at a certain lung function. There's a lot of dangers that come with it, too. If you have to get sick, you don't want to harm the baby. If you're carrying, well, the regimen that you're on daily, can you be on that regimen and and um. and carry a child? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's something where, like, I'd have to tell my doctors and we'd have to make a plan. I know women that right now, a girl that I'm friends with through Facebook, and she's just trying to get her lung function up and get really healthy so she doesn't need me to be on certain medications in order to have a child. So it's something you have to really think about. Right. Yeah, and plan. And there's lots of children. That... And I'm young, so I don't... I'm not there yet. I know. And I we talk about adoption, right? Because you yeah. said there's so many kids out there, Mom, that, that need, need a good home. Right, and, because then all those yeah. other issues come in, whether you would need to do the genetic testing that we talked about earlier. Right. And um, right. if that's something that you would, would want to yeah. put into the equation. <clears throat> I think now that there is a genetic um, test for CF, in fact, I know there is. Um, and so now every pregnant woman is offered that. Are they offered it, or are they um, are they given that anyway? I think they're given it, mm. actually. It wasn't available to me when I was right. having my kids, but um, yeah, I wouldn't have changed anything anyway. So right, no. Right. What would the it? test detect? I mean, if if you had knew you had CF earlier, is there things in utero that would be different? I think or? what it would detect is that you carry the gene that causes cystic uh-huh. fibrosis. So then you would have to have your partner checked. Okay, so the outcome wouldn't be any different. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So. Um, one of the things you talked about earlier, Ashley, when we were visiting out in the, in the lobby, um, the salt needs. I, I found that fascinating. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that. Um, well, I'm just a salty person, I guess. I don't... Eh. <laughs> My cat or dog will, like, attack me if I come home from working out. You want out. a liquor? <laughs> no, no, please. Um, uh, because you don't... There's, like, a defect in a protein in my sodium chloride channel. Um, You're missing that. So, I guess, in turn, you make mucus in the body. And so, um, when a CF kid, when we're outside and stuff, and if we're sweating and if it's in the sun, we kind of, like, melt. And so, you have to make sure you're hydrated all day. You saw me, I was drinking, like, Gatorade. Right. Um, When I played sports, a lot of times I would get into trouble, like, by overexerting myself and cramping up and getting like heat exhaustion, I remember in Hawaii that was oh, really rough. That was rough um, because of the humidity. Yeah, you use salt so much and you can't replenish it. So like, if you sweat, your body will kind of replenish it. You can drink something with electrolytes, but with me, it's like I'm constantly have to have salty snacks. Sometimes salt pills. Mm. Going to the beach is kind of hard. We have like great weather, and in the summer, I get really, I'll get weak, and I can cramp up, and I've passed out a couple times. Fun stuff. Why the beach? Is it just being out in the sun? Yeah, or, yeah. Um, it's okay. just the sun because the salt, the salt uh, air is great for them. I was just gonna say, it's I would awesome. think that that would be supportive. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I actually in the morning and at night, I one of my breathing treatments is hypertonic saline. Oh. So it's just like a concentrated like salt water, and it's like the most effective it's like no antibiotic it's just you know concentrated yeah. saline and yeah. i get the most junk up because 
they and that found does that the best work. Yeah, kids in Australia had the best lung function with that's, CF. That were surfers, and they were all surfers. So it was like the salt air. And there's a lot of organizations that just came out that are for kids to teach them how to surf because of that, because of how it's like a natural breathing treatment when they're out there. Well, so if you were to go to the beach at night and watch the sunset, would that help you? Yeah, we were at the beach for a great strides, a CF walk last weekend, and we were at Doheny and just walking around. When I got home, I was just coughing up all this junk, and I didn't even do anything, really. We were it just, just did the job. Out. Yeah. Right. Interesting. That's why we moved down here. We lived in Anaheim. Oh, so um, you moved closer to the water. Yeah, and it's kind of smoggy, and coming down here, my parents wanted us to have more healthy lifestyle, and the air quality was better, and it's benefited my brother and I a lot. Yeah, that's For that's sure. significant. That's significant. Okay, so how can Orange County help? Because it sounds to me like there is a bit of a challenge facing you and families like you in Orange County. And we're talking about a pretty big population that you serve um, of adults, significant enough that people out there may want to help. Yeah, I hope so, because we're at a crossroads right now where the um, the drugs that are becoming at least we're hoping we're going to come available soon, um, need funding, and it's all private funding because, um, like we said, the government doesn't help cystic fibrosis. And so we need to raise the money on our own. Um, So we have a company out in San Diego. I think they're based, and it's called Vertex Pharmaceuticals, and they are doing a wonderful job at developing these drugs that are going to really save our children's lives. And so we need to push more than ever to help that along. And we're starting a research trial, hopefully at Long Beach, for um, one of the drugs that's going to, you know, cure, you know, mm-hmm. maintain, you know, uh, really just cure the, the basic defect in CF. So we're really excited about it. Now, the basic defect, does that run across to all mutations? Um, right. Well, this one, they're really targeting the most common one, the Delta F508 that we have. The Delta F508, because you mentioned Kaleidico, which was for the GI55 mutation. Right, right, right. right. Anybody out there needs information about that. So um, there's plenty of ways to get involved um, to help. I mean, they can contact the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Our Southern California chapter has been wonderful over the years supporting us, and that's one way. Um, Their and then, website, by the way, is um, cffocevents.com. And if you were interested in supporting this cause, you could call 714-938-1393 and talk to Mike Schumard. He is the executive <clears throat> director over at the office. And um, and also, if you were to go, I, I have some resources up on my website too, realpeopleoc.com. If you go to the guests of our show section of the website, you'll see all this information that we just rattled off rather quickly there if you want to go and support the local efforts. Um, ironically, I wish I could have said I did this through master planning efforts, <laughs> but um, you guys are here in May, and May was Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month. Yes. And... Um, a little shout out to Kathy and George Butts for bringing us together. She's been my I radio know. fairy, finding me beautiful and wonderful people. Oh, and I'm, I'm glad. So grateful it was to our her. Pleasure. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Tell me a little bit about the walk that you guys just did. Great strides. <coughs> it's a nationwide yeah. event. I think they have one in Huntington <coughs> Beach actually this Saturday. It's their biggest walk. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's just a way to rally up and take steps to a cure. I think that's their slogan. And it's great. A lot of people came. They raised 
Last people came this time actually at Doheny, but they raised about oh, the most money they have is a hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. So there's That's a lot of devoted people that are kind and you know give their charity to help us out. So it's, it was great to go down there, and each person has a team. They have sponsors to walk a certain amount of miles, and um, it was really fun, fun to go down there. And do you see a lot of people that you know through this, through going to the same place to yeah, get yeah. your tune-ups and? Oh, in the hospital? Yeah. Do you do you recognize a lot of the same people? Yeah, there's there's families that have been involved since I was a baby. So we kind of follow each other, and my parents keep in touch with their parents, and we'll you help know, each other. Help each other out. It's I didn't touch on it, but it's hard because there is cross contamination, so you but can't between you and another cystic patients. fibrosis. Yeah. Oh, so, explain that to me. Um. Well, you can. Well, it won't affect you guys. Like we have a specific, you know, we have different germs that we can give each other. Like I grow pseudomonas in my lungs and it's like something that's really hard to control and someone else might not, but I could give it to them like airborne. I'm coughing and they can give me stuff that they have. So at events, you have to be really careful. I have on like a wristband right now. Mm -hmm. This is like, I'm a fighter. I got this at the event so that pointed out different kids so we wouldn't so that get near they each other. knew well that's that, yeah boy that actually makes me sad you can't even be a support to each other and that's it's kind of hard you know because mm. it's like you guys like we all know the most what each other's going through and my brother and i we didn't really we didn't we weren't that careful when we were younger because we both grow the same bugs but as we've gotten older and with me being sick like we don't touch like you know and really? we sterilize all of our breathing treatment parts separately and we try to keep things as much separate like as we can we don't do our breathing tubes around each other we try not to cough around each other but there's only so much you can do but at events at least and trying to make friends and reach out it is it's kind of hard you know you want to be able to connect with them and hang out so this facebook like um website that you mentioned is really key for people to reach Mm -hmm. out and form relationships whereas they really couldn't sit over coffee and yeah, talk with each other. I think that's why way. people like it so much, and he's gotten so many members, is because it is a way to like keep in touch and feel connected to someone, even though we can't like give each other a hug if we want to. If someone's going through something tough, but we can, you know, virtually say each other a little share well, hug icon, <laughs> right, right? Yeah, share symptoms just so <clears throat> that you know what's going on. Because I mean, it's frightening if you don't know what your body's going through, and then mm-hmm. at least there's a community online to help out with that. Yeah. Uh, tell me the name of that website again. It was Cystic Life. So C-Y-S-T-I-C, life.org. And we refer to each other as the girls are sisters and the guys are fibros. They're cystic fibrosis. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they're little, my they're gosh, little that terms. is so cute. So I'll be like, what's up, sister? Happy <laughs> birthday, fibros. <laughs> so you're not sister as in S-I-S. No, you're no, sister C-Y-S. as in C-Y-S. Oh, my gosh. Well, you have to have a We little... have to find humor and just divide everything well, that we you know, say... deal with in our lives here. So. Lots, of yeah. things, lots of things to laugh we at. We do. Well, I can't thank you enough for being here and sharing your story. And um, again, the information for the local, so your local, your local chapter is what's, what is in need of help so that you can make that experience a better experience for everybody. Right, because our objective here is to keep the kids as healthy as possible until the cure, you know, treatable cure is found, right? So we need um, funding for our Cystic Fibrosis Center at Long Beach Memorial Hospital. Our adult center is in much need of some some help now so and you can find your way to helping them by going to cf 
F. That's cystic and then fibrosis, fibrosis, if you will. Right. Um, com. Right. And um, find your way there. Or you can go to my website, realpeopleoc.com, and visit the section guests of our show. Well, thank you so much for being here. You guys thank were you. great. <laughs> and, um, and I want to share that in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking to um, a mom that lost her son to MRSA, methicillin resistant staph. staph well, I, I practice this. <laughs> it's a long it's one. It's a tongue twister. I know. I just MRSA. I, my husband's a pathologist, and he would be, sh- be shaming me if I couldn't say this. We say it all the time. We don't even call it MRSA. We call it methicillin resistant staphylococcus aureus in the house. <laughs> I'm not allowed to use the abbreviation, but in any way, it's a nasty bacteria that's especially troublesome in hospitals and nursing homes right now. And Carol Moss is going to be our guest. And she'll be telling us about the Niles Project. And um, there's a nice connection with um, with Carolyn that Niles really loved music. And they raise awareness about the silent killer by staging musical concerts in his name. And their goal is strictly to raise awareness so that people know how to protect themselves from this bacteria. Do you know Carol? I don't. I've heard. And we want to support them, too. So I'll be in touch with uh, yeah. Kathy to do that. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, um, Heather, thank you again. Yeah, and the number to donate, 949-824-5824. We're still in the middle of our PUDS drive. Yeah, to keep KUCI going strong so that we can bring to you a community information like this and continue to inform our community and play fabulous music that... uh, we, I mean, I've never heard a whole hour just done on cystic fibrosis. So, I mean, it's a unique service that we're offering, and uh, it helped keep us functioning at 949-824-5824. And uh, that we have operators standing by. I just saw them walk through the door. So. Wonderful. <laughs> so, wonderful. I think I'm going out there to do my turn next. Yeah, yeah. So you'll be talking to Kimberly during Planetary Radio if you decide to pledge then. Uh, 949-824-5824 is a number to reach us. Um you know, a $50 donation is just, you know, basically $4 a month. And it's way cheaper than paying, oh, I don't know, what is it now, 100 bucks a month for cable? And then it's going to a better cause than AT&T and Time Warner. So 949-824-5824. And, and it's, uh, it's not even, it doesn't even have to be that much. I mean, is even if, if you could make a small contribution, if everybody just did a little something. Yeah, yeah. If something, it would make I mean, a huge it, difference. It would make a huge difference to help us out. So 949 949- Eight two four five eight two four and uh, Counterspin and Planetary Radio are, out, are up next, and then they're going to be um, on right after this um, medical moment. All right.